0: That's what we want to cling to these days. And don't let Satan tell you otherwise. There's an amazing peace that can be found in knowing where your home goes. So we're going to continue our Recommitting to Jesus series today. So if you would, take your Bibles and turn to Colossians chapter 3. We're going to have the first four verses as our focus again. But again, we're going to kind of jump around. But we're going to do those as kind of a place to start from our focus. It's Colossians chapter three, verses one through four. If ye then be risen with Christ. Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall we also appear with Him in glory. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, our Savior, Lord, thank You for these amazing words that we can look forward to, Lord, the things of correction, the things of recommitment that are found in the book of Colossians. Lord, let us put these words in our heart, Lord, that we can be drawn closer to You. And let this Word speak to us, Lord, that we can leave here the better for it. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. So these verses that, we're going to, that we did last Sunday and then we're going to do next Sunday, verses they... Retain some things. We have to challenge some things. They challenge us, as we did last Sunday, to retain some things. Today we're going to release some things. And then the next Sunday we're going to remember the rest. So today's sermon is going to be things we need to get out. So we want to challenge that for the recommittal. You know, it's really good. I don't know if any of you made New Year's resolutions, but this is no more, but on a bigger scale, the same thing, just recommitting. We should recommit to our marriages, those of us that are married. We should recommit to God, those of us that are Christians. Just as a new year starts, that we'll do something better, stronger. And we, and this is where we're going to go through the scriptures today and sort of look at different things that we need to get rid of. We need to pack these up and make them leave if they're present in our lives. And the first one's in verse two. It's sort of On the second part of it, it it says not on things on the earth. In other words, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. You know, that one verse challenges contemporary Christianity in America. That challenges us right there, that one verse. Set our sights on things above. That's something we're supposed to we retained it last week and today, not on the things of the earth. Mm. Some things I know it's hard to believe, but there are things about this world that attach themselves to us in all kind of different ways. And a lot of them are not helpful whatsoever. If you can get the Holy Spirit attached to you, you're you're signed, sealed, and delivered. And again, Satan really, i told people this all the time when we talk about salvation. I've said this to them, and I'll say this to you again, that if you're not a follower of Christ, then Satan has you on what I call autopilot. You're doing about what he wants you to do with very little intervention. He'll just sort of throw the, the temptation your way, and you're just happy to take a bite and run with it. But once you become a believer, a child of God, twice born, the Holy Spirit comes into your life, all of a sudden Satan says, Huh? What happened? Oh, you're going to live right now. You're going to get saved. Well, I'm going to do all I can to keep you so busy that you can't show your witness so that others can't be saved. Now listen to what I'm saying closely satan knows he can't take someone from christ once they're really saved now there are plenty of people there are plenty of people throughout the ages in the bible times and today that will say they're saved and they're not all you've got to do is follow them around for a couple of days and you'll see they're not saved now, i'm not saying that they're perfect by any stretch or that they're all that wrong. It's that repentive, seeking Jesus, living for Him life that they live shows and proves to the world that they're saved. Satan knows you can't take that away. Okay? But he can throw more roadblocks in front of you than you've ever seen. I've told people that I've baptized at Briar Branch. before. Anybody that I've baptized knows this. I've said this. Hold on, you better start reading your Bible more than you ever have. Because once you get get saved and baptized, Satan is going to be at you like you have never seen. Okay? And what happens with that is he attaches little things to us. And that's what we want to talk about today. It's those little things in our lives that are earthly that we might need to get rid of. Okay? Then we need to let them go. So Paul tells us in verse 2 that we should focus on heavenly things, not earthly things. While, while, it, while we, <laughs> we can do all we can, that, that's really the Christian struggle is putting on the full armor of God and not getting caught up in the world. And some things in the world let it attach to us. Think about it. We can do all that we can to avoid the news or the or this world, this United States we live in rub off on us, but in actuality there are things we do because we live in America and people in other countries don't do. So there's things we do that are earthly things. That, I'm not saying all of them are bad, but I'm saying we need to examine those things to make sure they're godly. Okay, If we allow and and it has gone rampant for the last two years if we allow things to take our mind over and worry is one thing that will take your mind over if you let worry take your mind over then what have you done? We only have one mind I know women are multitaskers but us guys we got one mind if I'm worried about something, then I'm really not focused on God anymore. I'm more focused on what I'm worried about. Me or y'all or whatever I'm worried about. So, we need to make sure, and listen to me closely, we need to make sure we limit the amount of stuff we watch and read that are not in the Bible. Because it will consume your time and by, and, and, and by the time you've got pumped up by this commercial and that commercial and this newscaster and that newscaster, you're, you're so keyed up that you don't know which way to turn. And that's where we've gotten to a lot in America. Now, don't nobody go home and say the preacher says that COVID isn't real. COVID is real. Do not get me wrong. I've never said it's not real but I've said outside for almost two years and I'll say it in here the same. We are to do what we're supposed to do according to the guidelines that are put before us to do what we can do to not spread it, but at the same time not fear it. There are far worse things than death to a Christian. Right? Far worse things. So we want to make sure when we go through this list that we we realize in the new year we may want to limit some of that stuff. Um, I know people, you go into their house and they've got like a news channel. Since we have news channels now on all the time. There's no room for God in that. Okay. There's just no room. So Paul tells us, and he told the church at Colossae, the Colossian church, he mentioned some dangerous distractions. So I want to start off with the first one. I want to start off in Colossians chapter two, verse eight. It's, It's funny how Colossians chapter two sort of is explained what we're doing in Colossians chapter three a lot of times. So this is Colossians chapter two, just. Either turn back one or according to how your Bible split, it may be on the page to the left. Verse 8, he says, Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Colossians 2, eight. Paul warned the early believers, and, and we need to take heed today, about being carried away by doctrinal theories that are beliefs that are not held up by the Bible. Years ago we had that and you don't hear much about it anymore, thank God, but, but years ago, and, and most of you probably old enough to remember this, about the evolution. We it was on the news, it's like they had figured it out and, and you know, we'd come from monkeys and all that. Um, They had figured out and that was all you were listening to and people were just sucking it in. You know, same thing today but just a different venue but it's the same thing. So we need to make sure that we're looking on things above and we filter things that come in. Okay? We've got to be able to filter them. The enemy, again, would love nothing more than to get you tangled up and, and worried about something, listen to me closely, that you can't do anything about it. But you'll worry about it. That's Satan getting you off track. Okay? Now we're to be concerned for our children. Do not ever let me say otherwise. We are to be concerned for our children, our grandchildren, and all of our in-laws and outlaws that we pray for. But when we let it consume us to the point of the Bible and prayer is not where we go with it, then it's still that itself is too much. You see where I'm going? Does that make sense? And the enemy would like nothing better than to do that. So getting back to Second or Colossians chapter 2, verse 8, the first thing that he talked about was philosophies. Philosophies. And, and in this context, it really refers to the wisdom of me. In other words, I know better or I found this out in the Bible and nobody else knows about it. It's that kind of thing. Okay? A person, whatever a person teaches, if it's not backed up with the Bible, we should do all we can to avoid listening to it or reading it or anything else. Now, just as a side caveat, you can take this to the extreme and you could do this. If you are visiting somewhere, or if you're somewhere and you hear something that is not in the Bible or that you think is not the way it should be, I urge you to do two things. One, probably not stay under that. Two, find out exactly what you're thinking. But you want to make sure you're not wrong, too. But you want to make sure that you're right in what you're thinking. In other words, check it out. Where in the Bible does it say I'm not supposed to... This is not what this person said. Where is it at? Okay, you find it. You solidify that that's where it is. And you don't need to listen to whoever just said that. No matter who says it. Me or anybody else. Okay? Because the problem with... The position of a pastor is we tend to have a little bit of a a, a sway on the people sometimes or a lot of times in churches that they tend to push agendas too while they're at it. But even if I tell you anything that you can't find in the Bible, come to me and say, where would you get that from? And I'll show you. Okay. But be aware on things you listen to. Because you can, especially high profile guys, you can get some very good speakers that have the umbrella of Christianity that can tell you things and use all the right phraseology that you may go and believe in it if you don't really know what the Bible says. there are plenty of high level still alive today called pastors of churches that if you listen to them and you're just faintly listening to them you'll go away feeling better they're good motivation speakers you'll go away feeling better about yourself but but the part of the bible never crossed their lips that should bring you to the point of redemption Supplication in your life getting better, and that's why we're going through this as a church. The second one, the second word in there was vain deceit. Vain deceit really means empty tricks. You, you've seen people that try to uh, use word trickery and and through a slick message to try to undermine the word of God. Again, if the message is not about the cross, if it's not about Jesus, if it's not about God if it's about how to better yourself. Now, one thing that always gets me is, and, and people are starting to get more brave saying this, and they'll say this, I'm living what? My best life now. That'll sell books. Right? That'll sell books. I'm living my best life now. I don't know how many people lately I've heard I say, well, how are you doing? They say, you know how it is. I'm living my best life now. And I said, yeah. I said, I'm living my life and looking for Jesus any minute. I said, because this place is upside down. And they look at me like i got three heads. You know. But be careful over those slick talkers. Okay, Be, be careful. The enemy does that. He is very good at that. We cannot... Match wits with Satan. Okay, we can't. He's been at it a lot longer than any of us. He knows things that we don't even know about ourselves because of our sin nature. Okay, so 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 to be aware. One of, one of them is traditions of men. There are a lot of churches, a lot of things that fall under the osmosis of a church that are rich in tradition. Okay? Some of that's necessarily not bad. Again, it's just according to what it is, but but in Paul's day, we're talking more about the Levitical law and about how everything was tied to salvation. More so than today. Now, certain certain denominations, and I won't name it, but but certain denominations are a lot more, legalistic or traditional or or however you want to say that there are a lot more they have a lot more programs and chantments and uh, just different things they do that they may do instead of God's word but anyway our base belief as Christians on earth is in the word of God alone I don't need any slick talker to tell me, how I can live better on earth. I'm living my best life now. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear how's my life, how I can be right with God in this life. And if I'm right with God on this life, Jesus told His disciples and us today something that you should always keep in mind. Jesus told the disciples this. He says, In this world, you will have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That's our hope. That's our hope. Okay, that's our hope. Not in traditions of men, but in what Bible, what the Bible says that Jesus said in the day He was here. Rudiments of the world. The other one is through the rudiments of the world in Colossians two eight. Again, believers are warned against falling away from some kind of mature faith in any kind of simplistic um, doctrine. They stay away from the Bible and they stay away from the clear teachings found in the Bible. Again, that's a lot of stuff about creation and the evolution process. A lot of that stuff just circumvents the clear teaching of the Bible. And you know I say it all the time, and I'll say it again, the problem with any kind of revolution is the origin of the evolution. How did it start? What started the evolution? And then in in, in the way the... Uh, The monkeys, the people went. Again, it's if monkeys turned into humans, then one of two things should be true. Monkeys still should be turning into humans. That's evolution still happening. Or no more monkeys. I go to a zoo, I see monkeys. I see humans. It follows through. It's that simple. first four words of the Bible tells a story in the beginning, God. Right? Okay. So we have to make sure that we know the Bible enough to know if somebody that's in the awesomeness of filling a pulpit or just a teacher or just something you found that you're listening to, you've got to make sure of what the truth actually is so you'll know when a lie comes in. Because if I do my job and you're a little iffy on the Bible, I'm probably going to highly upset somebody eventually if I hadn't already in the 10 years I've been here. <laughs> because there are some things here that, that makes you go back. There are things that make you... Mm, that's tough. All right. We're to avoid false teachers at all costs. We are to run from it turn from it, don't listen to it. Do not try to engage it unless you feel very comfortable on what exactly is wrong with it. I wouldn't even avoid it. I'd avoid it altogether. And we get foolish demands. Now, now we're fixing to read something again. This is again back in Colossians chapter 2, starting with verse 16. I'm going to read some stuff now that's going to just blow your mind. Paul's talking almost specifically about things in the Levitical law. So, 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 let, so let me read through it. And then, and then we'll talk a little bit about it. We're starting with verse 16. Verse 16, verse, 16, verse 17, and I'm going to jump to 22 and read to 23. Let no man therefore judge you in meat, or in drink, or in respect, or in holiday, or in a new moon, or in the sabbath which, uh, Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body of Christ, touch not, taste not, handle not, which are all to perish, with the using after the commandments and doctrine of men. Which things we need indeed to show of wisdom will be worship and humility and neglecting of the body not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. That's tough stuff, ain't it? Thank God we're not under the Levitical law. A lot of this is outside of what we actually know and what we're under. But we're to watch out that we don't get placed back at, under that kind of law, the Levitical law. And you want to get something that that will, that will thoroughly encourage you to continue reading like a good toothache is to read the Levitical law. It is bizarre the things those people had to keep up with. What they didn't what they didn't do, what sacrifice they did because of what they did, it's just amazing. But Jesus came after that to deliver the Jews first from that law and from us the penalty of sin and of the law. Okay? Christians, we stand in a liberty that we have because of Jesus Christ, not about those things of the Levitical law. Okay? Paul tells his his readers that the believer has, no man has the right to be their judge in that day. Okay, because of the Pharisees and the Sadducees saying all the things that were wrong with the churches that were springing up after Jesus came. They were, they were given all these um, laws that people weren't necessarily abiding by. One being Gentiles coming in and all sorts of things like that. But if you've been saved by Jesus, you have been delivered from the demands of the law. And we enjoy a liberty in Jesus of the law that the, the, quote, Jew did not enjoy. Okay? Until they were saved. The whole point is, the the verse is this. Think about it. True spirituality does not consist in the keeping of man-made law. I said man-made laws. Okay, Levitical laws. External rules, but it's in a personal faith relationship with Jesus as Him being the Lord of your life. Okay? What you do or do not do does not make you a spiritual person. Okay? Spirituality... I can't say the word. Spirituality comes from a knowing Jesus and allowing Him to live and rule in your life. Okay? We need to avoid things. In Colossians... In that thing in Colossians, back in our focal verse... A little bit later in verse 5 through 10 in Colossians 3, we tell about fleshy deeds. Let me go ahead and, and start with that reading. This is back in, turn the page back over to Colossians <coughs> chapter 3, starting with verse 5. Paul lists here several common sins of the flesh, okay, and we're to get rid of those from our lives. Mortify therefore your members, in other words, you, which are upon the earth fornication, uncleanliness, inordinate affection, evil, conspicuous compasses, compasses, I can't even say it today, and covetousness, which is adultery, for which things sake the wrath of God comes to the children of disobedience, in the which he also walked some time when you lived in them. Paul said to "At one time that was you, but now you are to put off all these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy conversations out of our mouth. Lie not to one another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds, and you have put on the new man which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. Let's take a quick look at these verses. One is fornication. Does everybody kind of know what fornication is? Fornication takes the Takes the uh, idea of X and Y, Y and Y, X and X. Does everybody know what I just said? Not everybody understand what I'm just saying? Outside of the context of a biblical marriage, I know in in North Carolina specifically that that we get to marry some of the X's and X's and the Y's and the Y's. But there's nowhere in the Bible. Does it say that's a constitutional marriage? No matter what man says, the Bible says a marriage between an X and a Y, a man and a woman, right? No matter what the world says, we call that fornication. Uncleanliness really means impurity. It looks beyond really what the body's doing, and it's more of your thoughts. Okay. Now I'm just going to uh, put y'all in on a little secret. There's lots of things that come in here that y'all never hear, and that's the grace of God. I know. I I feel like some of y'all may be in the same boat. Just saying. I feel like some of you's in the same boat. But I'm also going to say this: I have made myself, as I do every year, a recommitment on that that you never hear. Everything working out right, you never hear it. So, uncleanliness. It's more the thoughts and the minds of the heart. We're we're gonna get in some, some stuff here in the rest of these verses that are really hmm it's that kind of stuff. Hmm. Yeah, it's that kind of stuff. Not only we're we talking about the a- outward man, but we're talking about the heart, the soul, the mind. What our thoughts are. Okay? Jesus when he talked about in the New Testament he talked about the um, the law the, the Mosaic law the Ten Commandments and he says the Bible says that thou shalt not kill right? Jesus said that and I say to you if you have hate in your heart for another you have broken thou shalt not kill just hate in your heart for another human being See that that hurts. That hits us all between the, between the eyes, because that's one thing that listening to, to that sensational news all the time will get a, or get our emotions flowing in ways that it doesn't need to flow. Okay. Inordinate affection. Now these are the people that 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 that, that, that are the high mighties. They say, "Well, I don't really do anything." I don't really do all those bad things. But then if you can open their mind up and sort of look at what they're thinking about, they have all kind of, not all of them, but some people have all these inordinate affections, wicked passions. Hadn't heard a lot about it lately, and men were going to pick on this for a little while, but I used to get emails from either the Baptist, I don't know, some Southern Baptist Mission Board, something I was getting emails from, wasn't local, it was, a, it was a national thing. Articles came out, this was actually before COVID, come think about it. But it's been a few years, but it was about men and pornography. For some reason, guys, we have this problem with pornography as, as, as a male species. I'm not necessarily saying anybody here's got a problem, but I'm saying as, as males, we have a problem with pornography. What does pornography do? Well, if you catch it on the internet or on the tube somehow, or another through whatever through the TV, then then it's a it's a visual. It's not an act. You know, I didn't. You know, I won't. later. I'm here, but I'm watching. Right? Inordinate affections. The articles that I read about that say in the men that have that trouble that come forth and try to clean it up. I'm talking about. Prominent people in a church would come up and they would have that problem. The first thing you want to do just slap them up in the head and say, what are you thinking? But you see that it's a deep affection for, for that. And that's what this verse is talking about when it says inordinate affection. It's wicked passions. Talked to a lady a couple of months ago and we were talking about visualizing things and she said that, that sometimes she asked me did I ever do it and, I, and it was right on the nose you know, let me tell you what she was saying she said when, when someone would pull out in front of her when she was driving she would fantasize about running over them I said well please don't act on that you know. but it's that fantasy that's not of God okay so that God has marked certain things as being off limit and inordinate, a path. See, a lot of people like to equate Christianity to a bunch of do's and don'ts. In the truth, Christianity is an inside job. By that, I mean it's of the mind and the heart. That's where it's at. Okay, that's where it's at. But we need to seek them out and to avoid them. <laughs> Another one is that word evil consp- consp- conspicions. I'm gonna say a lot of evil desires. I got my tongue tied around my teeth and I can't see what I'm saying. Evil desires. Okay? And it's more of the more of the things that we should never act out on. We don't we know that we shouldn't be caught doing whatever it is. But we really like to think about it. Right? We really like to think about it. Evil desires. And think about it. A person with this kind of mind usually or either hasn't committed an evil act on the physical level yet. But what I'm saying is they have a fantasy world about it. Okay? They have a fantasy world about it. One more thing this Scripture forbids, and it is covetousness. You ever heard somebody say that, boy, that guy has a covetous heart? Gotta have it. Gotta have it. Right? We, We have to be real careful in the Christian world about a covetous heart. It's really... It boils down to, to something simple and it's I'm gonna have it my way, not your way, right? That that's covetous heart. I'm gonna do what I wanna do, I'm gonna get what I wanna do, I'm gonna get that two jobs and and, and, and three night job, three night jobs and a side gig so I can pay for whatever. I'm not talking about putting meat and bread in the shelter, I'm not talking about the things I want. Like the second cottage, you know, something like that. Now, if God has blessed you and you just can do it, that's one thing. But if you've got to work, you've got to work harder, take on another job, side gigs, whatever. Especially if I quit tithing because of it, right? <laughs> I've got I got a mortgage coming up and things are squeezing today. I, I can't I can't tithe today. You, you're probably on the tight side, right? We're on the tight side. So covetousness, it, it means more like a, a, of a gotta have it. It's an insatiable desire. You want, you want to see the, the act of insatiability is watch an old old vampire movie and watch them. You can just see it in a wanting to bite somebody. It's that sort of thing. It's that sort of thing. Okay? It is placing anything above God, okay? That gets in the way of God. These verses also forbid anger. The body rear your seat or nothing on that. The word refers to a deep, really a deep smouldering bitterness. Who in here has never gotten mad besides the kids? Okay. I didn't think we had. I hadn't either. I just, those example examples all that way. That wasn't me. So we all know that things happen that we don't like. And most of the time, the motive of, of, of what's making us mad reveals what it is. In other words, if you're a parent and your child has done something wrong, believe me, you're okay to pop the top and, and whip her behind. It worked for me. It was okay. Still works. I think. That's not what I'm talking. about. I'm talking about you want to beat your child and then kill him. That that's when it's a little bit too much, you know. That that's that bitterness. I don't even know why I had you. You know, I, you, I know none of y'all said that, but I mean, there have been people that have given birth to kids that say that. I mean, I am going to call them parents. But and I've heard them say this. I don't even know why. I, I just wish that would go away. That kind of thing. That's the anger. That's anger. That's not of God. So we need to make sure we slashing out in word and deeds. Okay? Wrath, Wrath. Wrath is actually when the anger boils over and you actually get into a point of explosions. You can you can have a sudden explosion outburst of anger. That is what the Bible refers to as a wrath. That one should hurt. I don't know anybody that hadn't hollered at their kids. Okay? But we should do it. I'll give you the example of something mother did to me years ago because I was a little fella like that. I had seen, we were in a grocery store, I had seen some kid, he wanted something off the shelf, and I kind of wanted something later down the shelf, and I saw what worked for him. And what he did is he, he was in the I don't remember exactly how he was. Was he sitting in the buggy or on, or on the walk? And I don't remember which it was. But anyway, he commits to fit. He cried and screamed and picked to fit. And his, I'm assuming, mother that was with him, this older lady, I guess his mother, was with him didn't want anything more but for him to be quiet. So long story short, he got whatever he wanted in the buggy, whatever it was. I saw that. I probably weren't five years old. I saw that. That that got worked. I've seen it. Later on that same day, because Mama told me about it, I don't remember a thing about it, but she tells it too many times it's got to be true. Um, Because it sounds just like something I would have done. But anyway, but I I saw him, so so later on there was something I wanted. Whatever, I don't remember what it was. She said, it was in checkouts, right? It was in the checkout line. She said it was in the checkout line. In something, you know, like the last minute gums or all that stuff to try to And she said no. Like she always does, because she didn't think I needed it. Now I commenced to floundering on the floor like a fish out of water, and she looked down at me. (coughs) She said she looked down at me, she looked at the girl at the register, and she looked down at me. And I just you know, like that, and then when I finally stopped, she said, Are you through? She said, Get up. I got it, got my you know what, tore up when I got home too. She didn't do it then. Almost she steamed on it the whole time. Anyway, she got <laughs> me when I got home. Okay, and I didn't do that anymore. I'm a once and done. Hey, I'm good now. <laughs> I got the point, if you know what I'm saying. So, so anyway, that, that 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 was not wrath boiling over. Wrath boiling over is just to beat the kids to you're blue in the face and then somebody wants to call the child abuse agency on you. That that's wrath, okay. How about malice? Talk about malice. Malice is, is really mixed with the desire to do harm. We're probably outside the focus of marriage. It's more of a, and, and children, it's more of something to someone else. An angry person strikes out to do damage. That's when you do a property damage or, or whatever to another person. We're just stick away from that. And blasphemy. Let me, let me start speeding up a little bit. Blasphemy, slander someone. It's referred to slandering that's directed at God or other people. Think about it. We slander others when we insult and belittle them. Because what's the problem if I belittle someone? If I say, hello so and so, you're you're just... um, you're looking mighty short today, and they're, they're a short person or something. You know, some kind of wise crack remark about that. What have I just done? Well, I've, I've belittled the person, and I've said, in a nutshell, as a believer in Christ, that God messed up and made that person short. But they're not. They're beautifully and wonderfully made by God to be that way. That's the truth, right? That's the difference, okay? So blasphemy. Make sure we don't do that. And that's easy to do. There are games. I have heard it. I know this. My, 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 my little nephew, he's 30, 40-some years old. now. Anyway, my little nephew, when he was little, my little nephew would listen to things. <coughs> and he would let me hear the side <coughs> stuff that was going into some of them games he was playing. He was a guy that does the farmer's commercial. You know what I'm talking about, whatever that guy's name is. He has a real distinct voice. He's in there. It's some kind of tactical game. It's some kind of, um, he was in there just berating Everybody and everybody, I couldn't believe he was listening to it, but it's like a slow burn. But anyway, he—that was a lot of blasphemy. Okay, stay away from it, and definitely don't do it. Filthy communication, abusive speech, guys. Let me let me let me get on your goat just a minute, and, and I'm in the goat. But anyway. It is sorry if a man abuses, mentally abuses a woman. It's sorry. Okay? Let me change hats a little bit. Women, it's very sorry if you abuse your man. (laughs) Because it can go both ways. I've seen it. It can go both ways. But historically, it's the man. And I've seen some pretty wicked women work their men over too. So we don't want to do abusive speeches. We don't want to be part of that. Okay. Lying. What's wrong with a lie? It's a lie, right? It's not a white lie and a black lie. It's not like that. It's a lie. What's a lie? Something that is not true. Nancy, you have orange hair. That's a lie. Nancy doesn't have orange hair. Right? That's a lie. We shouldn't lie. Sorry, <laughs> I'm just using this example. I looked at you and I said, "I'm gonna have to say something." <laughs> so it's lying. It's just lying. We like to. We we love. Sitcoms are bad for this. They will they will make fun of people to the point they're lying about them. But it's the point that you laugh about it. So we catch ourselves saying things that really aren't true. And that's what we say. They're really not true, but they're funny. If I say. It. That's a lie. It's a lie. We need to be careful. I'm going to read you something that if you have a red letter Bible, this is going to be in red letters. It's John chapter 8. Jesus was telling His disciples and the Pharisees something. And He said this. John chapter 8, verse 44. I'm just going to read a little piece of it. But you want to read all that when you get home. It's good stuff. Ye are of your father the devil and the lust of your father you will do. You will have He he was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. We're talking about Satan. Jesus is describing Satan, calling the devil explicitly here. When he speaketh a lie, he speaks of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. You don't have to teach, no matter what age we are. You don't have to teach us little ones how to lie, do you? And you know I love little people, but it all knows, it, it all points to we need Jesus, even even the young ones. Okay. So that's red letter. That's, that's something Jesus says, so Don't don't you want to underline that for sure? But this 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 characteristic of a lie. You can help the matter of lying. How many parents in good faith has told some little ones about someone in the month of December that was real? When he wasn't. No, I don't about God or Jesus. Right? So we've got to watch that. If any of these things in our life, we need to get them removed. We need to be transparent with people. We need to be truthful. Now, some people can get to the point. I'm going to chase a rabbit for a minute. Some people can get so truth-oriented that they hurt people. So we've got to kind of put all this together. We can't just be, I'm going to be truthful and, you know. Whoever you saw on the street last week that had a blue flame around them say, hey boy, you stink. No, that, that that's not. That's being truthfully does, but that's not the right way to do that, that's belittling the, the person, right? So so again, Christianity is not a do's and don't, in other words, do not lie, it's the, whole, it's the whole person, it's the whole man. It's my heart should be breaking for that person that needs the hygiene, not the living, Okay? It will hinder our walk and it will cripple our spiritual witness. Okay? It will cripple it. So we can be victorious over sin in our lives, and one step is it is to starve that fleshly appetite of lying. We don't need to feed anger. We don't need to feed lust. We need to overcome it by crowning it out. I'm going to read something that you all should know by heart. It's, it's in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, one verse. It is finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, and whatsoever things of a good report, it, it, if there be any good virtue in it, any good, any virtue in it, and if there be any praise in it, think on these things. Also in the Word of God, back in our context of Colossians 3, verse 16, let the Word of Christ dwell richly in you in all wisdom, teaching, and and admonishing, one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Sin could not have a foothold in your heart if that's it, if that, that describes you. So in conclusion, that's a lot to think about actually. As we stand here the first month of the new year, we need to take a good hard look at our lives and our walk with the Lord. We want to make sure that, that, that the world hasn't got such a big hold on us, which I know it probably has on some of us. We need to make sure we take an inventory of that. And there are some things that we need to be released, and that's what the thing of, the Bible, the thing of today's sermon is about, releasing, getting out of it. If there are any needs and the Lord has spoken in your heart, please come to the altar. If He's calling you, then you need to come and be saved. Whatever the need is today. The altar is open. The first of the year is a good time to get started on something maybe you're not used to doing. And let's make 2022 the best year we can for the Lord. Let's pray. Dear God, as we're here today, Lord, looking at Your Word, it challenges us, Lord. It challenges me, Lord. Lord, let, let this word permeate within our hearts, Lord, and remind us daily of our walk with you, that we can be better and be that better witness that others will be drawn to you and come to a saving knowledge of grace before it's everlasting too late. Lord, we love you. We we thank the world of you, Lord. We, we don't know what we would do without you. In Jesus' name I pray. All God's people said, Amen. 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 You would stand. <coughs>